This is a Pasco Media production. Please visit pascomedia.com. Hello and welcome again to the Abiding Together podcast where we desire to provide a place of connection, rest and encouragement for you who are on the journey of living out your passion and purpose in Jesus Christ just like us. My name is Sister Miriam James, and I am joined, as always, by my lovely, beautiful friends. We were just laughing very hard before the show started, so hopefully we can keep it together. So I want to welcome Heather Kim and Michelle Benzinger, as always. Heather, how are you this early, early morning? I am doing well, Sister, despite having about four hours of sleep last night. I feel <laughs> remarkably good. Silly, maybe, but <laughs> but good. How are you, Michelle? <laughs> Heather, I think you're slap happy over there. <laughs> <laughs> It's true. Uh, we were all giggling like schoolgirls before we uh, started recording. Um, I am good. I'm a little emotional. Um, my oldest daughter, the one that we um, adopted from Haiti, graduates from high school this weekend. Aww. And then, um, so it's, a, yeah, it's a really big deal. And then the day after she graduates, she gets on a plane um, to go to Haiti to serve as a summer missionary. So, there's just wow. lots of change going. So my um, emotions, I feel like, are right at the surface. So I could either laugh or cry at any given moment within a second. But, um, yeah, it is good. And God's just been super faithful. He is very faithful. So in a good place. And on my second or third cup of coffee, I lost count. So um, <laughs> raring to go here. Raring to go. Michelle's voice well, will sound like she's on fast forward or something because of all the coffee. She's <laughs> I, yeah, exactly. Like, oh. can you slow her speed down? No, I love the graduation announcement that you sent, Michelle. It's just beautiful to see people. I remember meeting Algine when she was young. Like, I think she was just twelve or thirteen, and she's a lady now. And I was just delighting in her. I just congratulations. I mean, oh my gosh. Thanks. Thanks. Yeah, it is. Amazing to watch God write stories in people's lives, especially hers. So it's a beautiful story, you know, that's still going, but um, very beautiful. So, yeah, good stuff. It is very good stuff. And so it was very fitting. We're talking about women today because we are going to conclude our second part here of Fight Like a Girl. So if you heard part one, you are about to hear part two. And we're going to actually guide this whole discussion by a quote from one of our favorite series, which is the Chronicles of Narnia. And the three of us love Lucy. We love that. We love the story. We love Aslan. And so here's kind of our quote that's going to guide our discussion uh, today. And it's from Prince Caspian, and this is what C.S. Lewis writes. After, well, after Lucy has, uh, in a sense, lied and kind of made a mess of things, um, Aslan comes to confront her. And I love it because Aslan always does that in his way, and he brings people to truth and healing. So after she tells him the truth, she's going to hide from him and to see what happens. And here's what happens. This is what C.S. Lewis writes. He writes, Lucy buried her head in his mane, in Aslan's mane, to hide from his face. But there must have been some magic in his mane. She could feel his lion strength going into her. And quite suddenly she sat up. I'm sorry, Aslan, she said. I'm ready now. And now you are a lioness, said Aslan. And now all of Narnia will be renewed. We've, uh, I think the three of us have each talked about this quote in different talks that we've given. So, Michelle, you, you were the one who offered this quote today, and I love it. So I'm a firm believer. But what, what stirs in your heart as you hear that? What, what made you choose this particular quote for today's discussion? 
Well, we based the first part of um, the series on Joan of Arc. And um, there is a part in Mark Twain's book on Joan of Arc when she is leading the people into battle. And her whole battle speech is set. And she um, like cheers their mom and says that now you have lion hearts to go into uh, battle. You have lion hearts. And so when we were talking about part two of this, that just kept on resonating in my head. And then I thought of Lucy and Aslan. And I think, I don't know about you all, but for me, to go into battle and to fight, there is this fear in me or this hesitation or I become very timid um, in myself and sometimes my trust in the Lord and whatever it is. Um, and I find myself constantly apologizing. I'm sorry. I thought I was more. I'm sorry. I thought I could do this. I'm sorry. You know, whatever the apology is, but it always comes back to when I lift my head up and I look at who he is and who I am in him, not who I am by myself and my own strength. And I'm like, okay, now I can do this. Like, you know, now you are a lioness. You almost hear your own battle cry, like yourself, your heart. And I love that image of a lion heart. It's not yourself getting bigger. It's your heart getting bigger because it's more infused with him in it to fight whatever battle he's put in front of you. So that was my inspiration. Um, you know, for the quotes and all that. Heather, what did it resonate with you? Yeah, I, I love the stories of Narnia for sure. They're oh, some of my favorite. I remember being 12 years old, 10 years old, 9 years old, like reading these books and being up way too late because I couldn't put them down <laughs> reading these stories. But I think that the lioness heart, I, I, I love that it sort of speaks to a woman's strength. And that's not often something that we focus on appropriately. Like sometimes women's strength, it's like comes across too harsh or too, or we don't have enough strength or our voice is lost or whatever. But this sort of real experience of a woman's strength, this lioness heart, there's something very, I don't know, kind of royal and regal about, about that. Um, so I love, I love that quote. It's beautiful. I love it too. And I, I love the imagery of Lucy, you know, like we all do when we make mistakes, we want to hide. And I love that she's trying to hide in his mane. And I love that he doesn't, you know, he doesn't make her feel bad. He doesn't shame her. And she leans into his mane. And what does she find? Not shame, but she finds strength. And he says to her, okay, it's time. You know, he doesn't say, well, you have to hold on to this your whole life. And don't we always struggle with our own baggage? And we say, does God really forgive me? Does he really? And he's looking at her saying, yes, I forgive you. So let's go. Like, move on. We've got we've got a battle to fight and we're going to do this together. And he's going to equip her and empower her to do that. And I really feel like in many ways that's adoration. When we lean into Jesus and the monster, you know, we lean into his presence and his strength flows into us. And that's what I think you both are saying is it's this reality of this nobility of, of, of that we're warriors, that women are, we are warriors. And so part of what we're going to talk about today is taking authority in that reality of the sword of the spirit and who we are as daughters of Christ. And uh, there's a quote from the gospel of Luke, uh, Luke 10, 19, that says, Jesus is saying, I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. And that for me calls my heart out. I just want, I'm like, all right, let's do this. Let's go to battle. And I think we forget because we're often crippled and many of us just in our different parts of our hearts are crippled by the paralyzing power of fear, which is the, really the antithesis of love, right? Jesus keeps saying, don't be afraid. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. And Satan is always trying to sow fear into our hearts. And so Heather, maybe you could kind of just illuminate for us just that particular scripture passage, but also 
areas of your own life, maybe that you've dealt with fear, how you are as a daughter of Christ battling those areas in victory and in Christ's resurrection? Fear has been one of the, the, the deepest wounds in my life. And I would say the most paralyzing thing that, that I've had to deal with in my life coming from a very young age and a lot of different circumstances, but that's where the enemy has probably attacked me most is in fear. And so there's, I've suffered from that in various forms all the way through my life. And as, as I've gotten older, you know, I've started to address some of these old places, you know, some of the root causes of where this comes in. And it's just like you said, sister, it's a lack of trust in the heart of God and who he is. And I think when we find our identity as daughters of the king, there is an authority that comes with that because we don't have authority on our own power. That's not what this is talking about. It's authority given to us by God so that we can stand firm in who we are and in who God is. And, you know, I remember in one season of my life where it felt like I was getting hit from every single angle. And fear for me, sometimes it comes up in the area of security when I'm, it, my security is feeling attacked and I don't feel safe. And so this was just getting hit from one thing after another. You know, my house had, um, my car had gotten broken into and my identity had been stolen. All these various things that were going on that were really, really deeply rattling for me. And I was crumbling with the fear. And I remember one day I was driving in the car and I was praying and I was kind of crying out to God. And then all of a sudden it just struck me. I was like, am I so glorious? Am I meant to be so glorious that the enemy is is having to come at me this hard to take me down? It was almost like mm-hmm. this moment of clarity. And I don't say that like with a prideful sense, but it was almost mm-hmm. like for a second I caught a glimpse of like my calling and, and God's desire mm-hmm. for me as a daughter, you know, and that there was a threat there to the enemy. Mm-hmm. And I thought, am I meant to be so glorious that you're shaking in your boots and you have to come at me this hard and this dirty and this, you know, whatever. And I just had this incredible like moment of standing in the authority of who I was as a daughter and being able mm-hmm. to pray into that. And, um, Mind you, you know, the next day I woke up and I was like, forget it, just take me off your radar. And I was like, you know, back into fear again. And it it took some time, like, you know, those moments for me sometimes have come like flashes where the the veil is removed and I can see who I am. And standing in that authority feels very different than standing on my own, trying to face the big bad enemy, you know, kind of idea um, in my in my life. And, and the, the fear can be so daunting. So... Yeah, I think really it's wrapped up in our identity and knowing who we are as a daughter of the king, that this is where our authority comes from. And we have authority being a daughter of the king. We are daughters of God, you know, Um, but we don't often speak like that in our prayer. So that's something that's been transforming my own prayer and my own approach is, is to stand in the authority and know that I'm loved, so loved by the father and that his protection is over me, which is very comforting. How about for you, sister? Well, I, for me as well, fear has been something that's been crippling in my life. And I realize more and more just in areas of, of healing that God is continually doing in my life, where fear has been an open door, where Satan has just utterly tried to obliterate me in, in just different areas that I've made agreements with fear out of like a, an illusion of self-protection of kind of, it's just very interesting what I'm learning about myself. And 
and just how crippling it is because it does, it feels paralyzing. If we ever, I mean, I went through a stage where I had a major panic attack, just massive, massive panic attacks. And just that crippling fear where you just feel paralyzed and you just don't know what to do. And that theme kept reoccurring in my life. And it's really through just deeper levels of prayer and through some great counseling and just people on the journey that God is, I really feel like Lazarus in many ways, God is calling me out of the tomb and unbinding me in these areas. And I, one, I had this really kind of life-changing event where somebody came up to me after a mass one day and the reading was from Paul's letter to the Hebrew second, the, the second chapter of verse 15, where it talks about death 14 and 15. And it says this, that Jesus might break the power of him who holds the power of death. That is the devil and free those who all their lives were held in slavery by their fear of death. Mm. And somebody came up to me after mass and said, I was praying that for you because you've been in slavery to fear your whole life. Wow. And it just, woo. (laughs) And it it was true. It, It was so true for me. And I, that for me was the beginning of a change in my life where I said, Really like that song, I believe that Bethel sings it, you know, I'm no longer a slave to fear, I'm a child of God. And that's a daily battle. That's like we're with Lucy, we lean into Christ and go into battle. And it's really being honest in those areas of my life where I need Jesus to come and redeem me. So it's going to the very, very depths and seeing the truth, like Heather, you were just saying, living in the truth. This is not wishful thinking. We're not building up self-esteem, so to speak, but we're living in the truth. And when we live in the truth, we live in joy. And that's where authentic, you know, reality comes from is from God himself. And so it's a continual battle, right? Taking up our, our sword, taking up our cross, following him in the power of praise and, and restoration and, and resurrection that helps free us. And it is a battle. It's a choice. And I feel God saying that to me over and over again. My daughter, you need to choose. What, where are you going to look today? Where's your gaze going to be? You need to choose. And that's building the muscle of faith and joy. So for me, yeah, that just... That's a, that's rocking me right now. And it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful rocking. <laughs> that's awesome, sister. Wow. That's powerful. That's that really powerful, powerful what you just shared. Yeah. And I love yeah. your openness, sister, and just how you shared, like how you bring people into the journey. You know, you were saying all of these various things like counseling and different things that have helped you on the healing journey. And I, I have experienced many of those things to be so fruitful in my own life. And I think often we don't talk about that enough, you know, just where we need to lean into for support and strength in the journey. So thank you for sharing that. Yeah, wow. definitely. Thank you. Mm-hmm. So good. So, Michelle, um, what about you, girl? How do you go to battle? I know you're a warrior. Uh, oh, oh, my God. Did you hear that moan? <laughs> um, whatever. Um, for me, I, okay, this scripture kind of cracks me up in a way because the first time, like, I really, you know, where you encounter a certain scripture and it stands out to you and, you know, like, really becomes meat to you, like, when you're eating it, is when uh, Chris and I were newly married, we had Noah, one child, our first biological child. <laughs> I know and, what you're going to share. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Okay. And so we were on third world mission. And so we did, um, we were sent to Mexico to the Yucatan Peninsula and we get there and our precious little Yucatan, um, priest picks us up, us and another couple who had two small children that were like one, like right around 12, 13 months. And that's what Noah was also. So he takes us far, far, far away, like not to the little village that we thought we were going to be at, but to this remote Yucatan village that didn't even speak Spanish. They spoke Mayan, you know, and we're like, oh, wow. And then they put us in this little kind of house hut that was open. And 
when I say is primitive, it was like primitive on crack, like kind of primitive. <laughs> and so we are sleeping there the first night and we are all sleeping in hammocks and those were our beds. And I wake up in the middle of the night and I look at Noah in his hammock and the hugest scorpion is on top of his hammock. Oh my gosh. And I freaked out. I completely freaked out. I woke Chris up. And, and of course, the first thing I do is my blame my husband, my sweet husband. And when I was like, how could you bring us here? You know, I just completely <laughs> freaked out. I'm like, where are we? You know, like there's no reason. No, like God has sent us on a mission. It was like, are you freaking kidding me? You know, like, and um, so Chris got the scorpion off. It didn't sting Noah, whatever. And then the next day, my prayer time, I opened it up. And it was the scripture. I give you authority to trample over snakes and scorpions, you know? No. This scripture, and I should start that like this became boot camp for Michelle one-on-one. Needless to say, we ended up, they did end up moving us to a different village because it was not the best place for toddlers to be in. Like I had pigs coming through um, our kitchen all the time. (laughs) And anyone that knows me, like I am probably the (laughs) least... I mean, the least pig kind of animal person you've ever seen. So the whole thing was really comical. It felt like an episode of I Love Lucy. Um, but Heather, I love Heather's just like gut laughing right now. That's so great. Like dying. Sorry. You know, but it was the first time and it was the beginning of a, like a really journey with God. One, that whole thing, I will put enmity between you and your offspring. Like for me, where fear really comes in, like I always say, women have an Achilles, you know, Achilles heart, and that is our children. You know, like I can handle fear within myself, but when it comes against my kids, like that is what sends me over the edge, you know, which is totally, yeah, he says, I'll put enmity between you and your offspring. Like that's where he gets me. My Achilles heart is my kids. And, um, but realizing it says take authority, you know, like that it has to be um, a proactive part on our part. And it was funny. God really reminded me in a situation a couple of weeks ago where I felt like we were getting banged around, like, you know, with just different things that were happening. But I was um, reacting to what was happening instead of responding to what the spirit was doing. I was listening to more, you know, what Satan trying to get us off kilter to see the what the father was doing. And God really, you know, my prayer really just tagged me to take authority. Like you are allowing things to happen. I want you to take it and that I needed to be proactive active and just reach for it and take it and then use it authority. And um, since I've been doing that, it's like um, things aren't like rose colored glasses and beautiful, but I have a different perspective. I feel like, okay, let me see where the spirit is moving. Let me see where the father is moving. And I'm not reacting to the devil, I'm responding to the father, you know, and where oh, he's going. That's good, man. That's good. That's a good word right there. That's so good. And so, yeah. So that is me. And um, needless to say, um, I will not be sleeping in hammocks anymore or whatever. So. <laughs> <laughs> you have a lovely home in Florida. You don't want to put your hammock in the back, the backyard there? Yeah. No, sorry. Not going to do it. <laughs> so. That's awesome. Yeah, I think perspective is everything, really. Perspective is everything. And and only God can bring us into his perspective, you know. I think that's kind of what you're talking about. It's like looking above, like coming above the the cloud of uh, what the enemy is doing and being able to see where God is in all of it. And I think that's one of the biggest things about battling at all is to know where God is and who, 
where we are in relation to him before we start dealing with the enemy. And it's really just keeping our eyes on Jesus. The second that we shift our, our gaze to the enemy and what he's doing, we get afraid and we start to cower away. So I love that, mm-hmm. Michelle. Good word. Amen. Yes. Amen. And I really think what you're also talking about, both of you, is really like declaring that victory, like out loud, declaring that, speaking that over the lives of, of your families, of your children, of the people. And and so that's really the second part of what we're going to talk about is you know, declaring victory. And I know, Heather, and I hope you can share it maybe at one point of just how your verbal declaration over your children at times or just over situations in your life have changed your life. And just the other day, I, w- I was thinking about you because I was driving and I think all of us have these kind of times in life where it just seems like the darkness overshadows the light, even though we know that's not theologically true, but just all these things keep coming. And I was driving in my car and I just, I said, that's it. I grabbed my rosary and I just started out loud declaring the resurrection of Christ, the power of the resurrection over all these, like not like our lady of door of knots, right? All these naughty, so to speak situations, these full of knots and just declaring Jesus as his resurrection, his power. And it was such a change in what happened, you know, and just believing that Christ, that victory has been won and we can live into that. And so when we talk about declaring, you know, to make a formal or official or to make evident, I would love, Heather, if you could just share with our listeners about that power, because that's that's a practice that you and I can walk out every day in our life of actually declaring victory. So I'd love to hear your heart on that. That has really changed everything for me in the last, especially the last two years. This is something that God has been teaching me in significant ways. And not just, it's not the kind of teaching that's like, oh, okay, I'm I'm learning, I'm understanding, I'm seeing fruit almost immediately as this is being Amen. lived out. And I'm really working on living this out in the moment and as they come at me throughout the day, because that's when it gets really hard, is to maintain that perspective when the situations are happening. Because usually we get so triggered emotionally, we lose sight of what we're supposed to do, or we just throw up random prayers and we're struggling to deal with everything going on. Um, but having this perspective, it really is like training. It's a spiritual discipline to learn it. Um, one of the areas uh-huh. that I saw it most significantly was uh, a couple of years ago, our son was... Um, he was experiencing some pain, whatever. turns out that his appendix needed to be removed, and it actually had ruptured. We didn't know that, so he was waiting for surgery. We thought it was going to be better after, and it was just significantly worse. Like, he was really in a bad state in the hospital, and I was very concerned about him. And I remember when I was driving back to the hospital one day, I just felt led to talk to God about who my son was. And I just started to say out loud in the car, I was like, I believe that you have a plan for his life. I believe that you will not abandon him in this moment. I believe that your hands are on him and that you have the power to heal him and that you love him, Lord, even even more than I love him. And I just started speaking out this truth of who I knew that God is, the heart of the Father. And just trying to put things in perspective before I even got there. But there was one night that I was in the hospital with our son and he was really struggling. Like he was getting worse every day, it seemed. And I felt led one night. I felt like the Lord said, I want you to pray out loud scripture in this room. So I was like, Mm. okay. So I shut the door. (laughs) Made sure it was after the nurses left. I shut the door and I was like, Lord, I don't even know where to start. Like, where do you want me to start? And he led me to the Psalms, I think it was Psalm 43 or something. And it just talked about how it said, I will be his healer. 
instead of like the doctors, you know, and, and that's where we started. And I just started to speak this out in the room. And again, like declaring who our son was in the sight of God, that he was a beloved son and that God would not abandon us because he's a good, good father. And I just started speaking all this out. And then there was a an album that had just, it was Amanda Cook from Bethel. Her album had just been released. And there was a few songs on there about the kindness of God and the heart of God and that he doesn't play games with us and um, that he's faithful. And so I just started to use the worship music also. Like when I started to run out of words, like I let their declaration become my declaration. I just agreed with it as it was being sung in the room. And uh, the next day, our son woke up, and he was significantly better. And the, wow. fo- and the following day, he, he came home. And so, I mean, you want to talk about, like, real fruit in the moment? <clears throat> that was unbelievable what happened in there. And I learned a lot from that situation. And that was something that it just triggered this in me that I need to start doing this, not just in these really significant moments of suffering, but I need to do this in my daily life. When I'm battling for other people, um, when circumstances come my way that are difficult, I need to just speak this declaration. And so I'm starting to do that even in our home. There's these, I mentioned this before, there's these beautiful signs that have, you know, truth or scriptures on them. And I'm starting to put them up in various rooms in my home and I don't care if it seems overdone to some people I'm like I did this is just another level of declaring the truth in my home I want our children to see these words I want them to be embedded in their hearts and I want them to be embedded in my heart so sister you referred to that song no longer a slave to fear I am a child of God I have that um, printed above my bed in my bedroom and and that was just a gift that I bought for myself recently but it was more like a declaration of the healing that God has done in my life I uh, thought I, I believe and I was like Lord I believe that you've done this healing and I'm claiming it and I'm claiming this victory that you have won in my life and I'm just going to put this up there because this is the truth you know So it's something that's very important to me and that God is teaching me. And I find that it's something I have to practice every day. And that's what I want to encourage our listeners to do is to begin practicing declaring victory and declaring the truth of who God is. And that's something you might need to learn. And scripture is a wonderful place to start um, in the Psalms. And um, just there's a lot in there about the heart of God and who he is and his goodness. Michelle, Mm -hmm. how do you see this? lived out well it's just interesting like the whole power of declaration i mean it is something that we are actually infused with in our baptismal call as prophet you know so we have this within us this gift within us this power and this tool within us the sacramental grace within us it's like infused into our identity you know we are baptized as priest prophet and king and um so to live into this prophetic identity of who we are from our baptismal call is huge And for me, it's come with, you know, I have six children and two we adopted from Haiti, but there's a lot of trauma there. And then I have one that's on the autism spectrum, highly functioning autism. So I feel like of all the different trainings, I really could probably get an advanced degree on neuroscience in the brain and yada, yada, yada. And so just realizing it, but it's been interesting in my training for my children that um, we have adopted that came from a hard place, just realizing the neuroscience and that when you the power of words and how they basically seep you into your system and into your psyche. But like one of the exercises we have to do is um, speak over our children um, 
and it really rewires their brain when you speak life over to them. And I've told this story before, but like for my little Haitian dude who is eight years old, he is spicy. I mean, he brings the most flavor to our family more than any other child. Um, and when he is um, off track, our little, let's be honest, when he's driving me freaking crazy um, and everybody <laughs> else, uh, I have to pause when I'm in a good parenting place and not, you know, in a good parenting place. I am not saying I do this all the time because, you know, whatever. But when I'm in a good parenting place, when I stop and I realize and I can really lean into that moment and the times that I've done it and then when we continue to do it and look him in the eye and say, David, I see you. I see you. You belong here. You are a leader. You are kind. You are, you know, I do this litany of who he is. And you can almost see his continents change. It's that declaration of someone declaring over who we are. And I think that's huge. Calling things out. I mean, that's how creation started. Like God spoke forth things and they came to be. That is, you know, first and foremost, who he is as creator. And so I think he calls us to be creators with him, co-creators with him, and to speak forth life and to speak forth truth and to speak forth authentic identity into our children, into each other, into our sisterhood, into our marriages and all of that. You know, um, one of my, our favorite authors, Bob Goff, he always says about his wife, she calls me out into the man that I am supposed to be, not in the man I am. She speaks that over me. Mm-hmm. And that was just like really convicting to me because I'm like, all right, do I speak that over my husband? Do I even speak that over my children? Do I speak that over my neighbors? You know, but that power of declaration, it's a powerful tool. And I love how uh, Heather is saying it's a spiritual discipline because it is. You know, when I'm on my game, I can do it. When I'm not on my game, I'm like, you know, surviving and being like, you know, just go away. But anyway, um, it's just beautiful. The power of declaration. Sister, how about you? Well, and I have learned so much about this from the two of you, really. And just our, our and us as well as our daily prayers, life as, but the power of the word, I think is so important. The word of God and what we're saying to ourselves and whose voice are we listening to? And just recently, after I got home from a, just a really incredible journey with a, a mentor of mine, a counselor, I wrote on my, on my desk and I have it near my bed and I have it on my desk, just the word choose, <laughs> choose. And it reminds me every day I whose voice I'm going to listen to and where I'm going to direct my gaze. And that has been so impactful for me. And I mean, I'm an athlete at heart. So I always think of working out in the weight room and just build muscle and how you become fit. And this is one of the ways that we, you know, are transformed by the renewal mind. This is how, so to speak, Narnia is renewed day-to-day life that we live it's the daily decisions the choices that we make and like lucy when we fall down we get back up again we lean into christ and he restores us and so i think that's been more i mean just by nature like i think we all know that i'm very introverted and rather shy and so to to publicly declare something is it takes a bit of me kind of going like okay i'm just going to do this but the more i walk in that anointing of who i am as a daughter of god the stronger it becomes and not because god gives me more so to speak but i live more into that and i realize that i'm not an orphan that I am loved and that God is for me, you know, and he, he will see to it that his plans come to pass. And I need into that more and more. So choose to choose power, the power of choice in that regard of where I'm going to wreck my gaze makes all the difference, I think. That's wonderful. And I think we can do this not just for ourselves, but 
also, Michelle, you were touching on this, like in our marriages, in our families, with our children, with our communities. And that's one of the gifts that you two are to me. And uh, I think something that we share really well with one another is being able to speak prophetically over one another and remind one another of who we are. And in moments that are hard, mm-hmm. we're struggling, and lots of times it's in a text, you know, it's like, can you all pray for me because this, 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 and then you'll get the responses of like, just remember, this is who you are, and God is with you. And uh-huh. um, and I would just like to encourage, you know, our, our listeners that this is such a great gift that you can cultivate with one another, especially with your with your friends and within your families, is to start speaking life over one another and reminding one another about who we are. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, that's really do. That's how we fight like a girl, right? We realize there's a war. We put on the armor of Christ. We take authority and declare victory. And that's the daily, that's a daily battle for all of us. So, well, ladies, uh, oh my gosh, I wish we had like another hour, but we don't. So <laughs> we've come to the point in our episode where we talk about our one thing. And I totally got Heather's one thing out before this episode started. So I'm going to have her talk about her one thing first because it's awesome. <laughs> So, Heather, can you talk about your one thing for the week? Yes. So last Friday, uh, you two, (laughs) my husband Jake and I got to go see you two. They were in Vancouver. They started off their world tour in our city, which is just pretty special Uh because they were hanging out for about a month, um, just playing in the in the arena and everybody who lived around them was getting a U2 concert every night <laughs> as the sound just came out of the stadium where they were practicing. So finally we got to go see them and I had seen them once before about 11 years ago. So I was really excited um, and I love this band and it was awesome. It was the Joshua Tree Tour. So for any U2 fan, you just know that is like really special. And I think just what got me the most about it was seeing how they were like living their passion you know i was watching them how they were creating music and visually what was happening it was so awesome it was really life-giving on so many levels and plus they're awesome and i just have a major crush on bono so that was really good 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 on all fronts i loved it (laughs) so yes my one thing right now again and probably as always is you two so I'm going to throw up a little video of some things. I think one of the things I love about Bono is that he kind of like brings this mix of song that kind of leads into worship, like a lot. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like there's moments where an entire stadium is worshiping and they don't even know what's happening. You know, they have a song called Psalm 40 and like an entire 60,000 people are just singing Psalm 40. They don't even know what's happening. I just love it. <laughs> it's wonderful. Oh, yeah. oh wow. Yeah. Michelle, what's your one thing this week? Um, I guess my one thing this week is um, we collaborated with uh, Blessed Is She and designed this really fun line for them. And um, Blessed Is She is a beautiful online community. And they're starting to do some events, too. And they have a Lenten journal and an Advent journal. We talked about them before. But Jenna and Beth and Erica and the whole crew um, do some really beautiful work for Catholic women. And so uh, Jenna and I got together and, and Annie that works with me and to collaborate a fun line for them um, with feminine genius. Um, and it's a really cool shirt. And then we have one that honors St. Therese and St. Teresa of Avila and a Mother Teresa. And it just has the name of the towns they were. It says like Avila, Lisieux, Calcutta. And then on the bottom, it says like re- uh, reformer, doctor, missionary, and then we have one based on St. Therese, and it says wildflower. And then it has the really cool wildflower quote from St. Therese on the back. So it was really fun. We had to collaborate with them, and they launched, I think, last week, and then they sold out. 
And then we just restocked them um, yesterday or the day before. And so, um, yeah, it was fun to do it, fun to create and fun to collaborate. So it was really good. And Michelle, so good that- job. Good job on those shirts because I got one of each. They are. They, and I got one for the wildflower for my daughter and for a friend and then the Avila one. Like, I, I just I love how you design things because it's totally catholic and positive and truth and all of that but it's cool like it looks beautiful it's something you want to wear it's not just like a cheesy conference shirt you know it's awesome yeah good good job good work girl thanks heather what about you sister well i think my one thing i really love a good morning protein drink and i'll give you all the recipe but i my doctor about nine months ago put me on a pretty strict diet which i i by and large try to adhere to in spirit uh, sometimes the letter law as well but there's a really great morning protein drink that I make every morning, uh, especially it really has no sugar, no sugar, or anything like that. And uh, it, by itself, it tastes like a barnyard, but then I add some fruit into it and it makes it a lot better. So with chia seed and coconut oil and almond milk and plain Greek yogurt and all kinds of stuff. So if you're good, looking for a good morning protein drink, I will throw that on the podcast uh, link as well, just to give you a little recipe. And I hope you like it. I saw you oh, drinking yeah. a green <laughs> beverage this morning and I was curious what was what was going on in that cup over there. So that's good. Yeah, yeah they're, they're, yeah, I'm looking at it right now. I probably should wash the cup before it becomes permanently dried on the sides. Uh, it is. That's my morning drink. And so it's been really good. I really, I just feel better. You know, when you start out the day well with prayer and good coffee and a great protein drink with a lot of green stuff in it. I don't know. How can you really go wrong? Yeah. Seriously. You're ready for the battle. <laughs> If you enjoy this episode, we ask that you would please go to iTunes and give us a rating, give us a review. If you enjoy our series, please pass it along to a friend and encourage them on the journey as well. Please know of our prayers for you this coming week as you fight like a girl and walk in your authority that you are loved. You are a daughter of the King. Have a great week. God bless you.